Hey everybody, welcome to episode 130 of the Bono Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined and joined by Blood Tithe Ben. BT, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm good. I'm here this week. Sorry yeah. about that. Any? Do you hear any rumours about why you weren't here? No, there are rumours. Good. Right. Moving on. We're also joined <laughs> by Ian Triple Power Triplo and Antonio Banderas. How are you guys doing? All right. All good. Thanks. Yeah, doing good here. Thanks, Ben. Uh, good stuff. Milton, did all your tips and tricks uh, for surviving the clink um, pay off for Ben? Do you think? Oh yeah, I think he he's obviously made it out all right. Although he is carrying a knife. Yeah. So he's got, a few things. We have the same tattoos now, Milton. Yeah. Just the necromunda spiders now. Yeah. Ah. Right, wicked. Um so what we're gonna do today is we're going to carry on a bit of the conversation that we had last week. So um I always say last week. Yeah. Last time we talked about a ton of stuff, particularly tears, and we started going off a merry little road based on is winning always the right thing to do in Blood Bowl? And then we thought, well, you know what, because we've got trips on here and because trips has touched all of our dice, so we're all kind of um, in, 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 the, in the dice clink. In the uh, cursed city. <laughs> oh, the cursed city? No, you're not allowed to mention that. The game does not exist. The cursed game. Ah. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, what a disappointment. Anyway, uh, we'll be talking about just, you know, is it beneficial to roll ones on purpose? But we're actually going to expand why. Uh, and we'll probably talk Blood Bowl news as well. Okay, so Blood Bowl news, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but we are still waiting on some kind of blood bowl release before christmas we're recording this on the 6th of december which means how how many how many opportunities have we got left for a for a, a splash that was it that was yeah. it yeah, i think we discussed it last time that was the last was it this weekend gone or is it, is it the next weekend no it would, it would have been the second wouldn't it for them to show it to release it on the 9th yeah, exactly. yeah they're not going to release something on the 23rd of december are they I'm not sure hobby shops would thank them for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, well, we were just talking before we started recording, were we, about um, local, like, friendly local gaming stores struggling to get supplies. Do you see the post from the Outpost regarding Legions Imperialis? Um, oh, they got shafted, didn't they? Yeah, something went wrong, and they, were, they didn't get as many um, copies of the game as they were promised. Now, we've seen this before, where people have uh, certain online distributors have just over egged what they can sell um and because I, I feel like we talked to pete about this at employment he was like mm -hmm. you know they say we can give us 50 and then we go cool can we have 50 more and they say we'll see what we can do and then the shop goes and puts 100 out there and then they only send them 70 because that's all you know and because this is that's not what employment do and employment are like right can you send me 50 yes okay can you send me 60 yes could you send me 70 we'll see okay send me 60 and and i will i will sell 60 and that's why rick's got his copy and craig hasn't got his <laughs> um and that's yeah really interesting i'm glad i didn't pick it up 
for now. But yeah, yeah. The uh, you you've gotten past that 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 urge. Mm. I see. I yeah, did. I printed twenty oh. Lehman Rosses. Uh, I'd primed them and then uh, binned them. So I, I kind of got it out of my system. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> wow. There was a good reason. I I, re I wasn't until I primed them and did a dry brush that I realized that I'd suffered shift on one of the lower levels. So every single tank, like the, the back of it, like five mil up had was, was out and it just it had some strange. Oh, that's annoying. And I was like, oh, that's annoying. Because I did the first one and I was like, oh, that's annoying. Never mind. And then the next one and then the next one. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm done now. I've printed some. That's fine. It's probably good though. That pre-order window is always super dangerous. Like I think that's when hype is like there. I I usually try now to wait till the release and just buy it yeah. if I can. And then if you if not, you kind of have a lot of money back. So, so yeah. Do you guys follow tabletop tactics at all? No, like somewhat, not religiously. Yeah. yeah. I, I I'm I've gone there backstage because I wanted to see what it was all about, and they had um, rogue hobbies on. They had. Uh, Louise Sugden on and oh yeah it was really really good podcast they did one podcast for the, everyone and then another podcast just for their backstage people and um I was listening to it and they were talking about um they were talking about uh content creators like influencers pro like the the, the project within games workshop and um like for content creators getting products earlier and earlier now we're not in that which is why we can kind of share information as soon as someone else shares it. We can just go absolutely ham on all the content and we, you know, sneak a copy um, a couple of days early sometimes. Um, and, you know, which mm. sure is perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, that's how we do it. So we're not in the content creator platform. And they were talking about it and there was it was very much along the lines of like all the content creators get it all so early that it potentially just kind of kills the FOMO. Like it kind of kills the the hype, and I'm kind of intrigued to think what you guys, what you guys think about that. <sighs> well, I, I agree because you seem to get on the sort of the day of preview or the day of release a massive load of content from everyone about it, and I'd much rather have that spread out over a few days to which I might actually get excited by it. But when it was sort of splashed in your face like that, it's like I don't want to see twenty different people paint the same set of miniatures mm. it tends to be uh on day of pre-order now i i feel like it used to be a little bit late i felt i felt like it used to be like the saturday of re like release day yeah. they shared all the information but now it's pre-order day and it's been really interesting because i always go to grid and miniatures games because ash you know get, I, I just like the way ash does stuff um and it's it has genuinely i think had a negative effect on me you just kind of like um yolo purchasing stuff from games workshop because i'm like oh this is exciting this is exciting and then the video goes up and i'm looking at it, i'm like this is fine this is fine like i've watched ash read the book now and now my impetus to get the book and read it myself is is kind of gone because uh, he's answered all the questions that i was curious about and i'm like eh, 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 eh. it's interesting isn't it because it's it's like it's almost like imagine if you had like with a video game and like you could watch like long playthroughs of the video game before the game came out like you kind of get that content and experience um beforehand like a lot of so very few people would get it and i i don't know i it's a bit weird it's it's a different niche like i think if the product is good people will buy it 
and I'm not sure how much of an impact it has. That is so, incredibly true, actually, Ben. So, so in the case of Legion Imperialis, though, like, is it fair to assume that the core player base, like the people that have been playing like the game as as was or like had the miniatures for that scale or whatever for a long time, probably have a lot of that stuff already? Mm. Is it just the rule set that they care about? And this is something that we kind of experienced a little bit with the Vampire release. Now, how many how many third parties kind of made vampire teams? And the real thing that I cared about was the rules and how they were going to impact the game. That's literally like the major thing. The team was exciting, don't get me wrong, but like there were so many other options. And so I, I guess it really depends on the game system. I mean, I've completely phased out of interest in any of the other core games workshop game systems. I'm just not with it at the moment. It might, that might come back around. You know, I'm certainly not writing any of them off because I like them. I like the settings and everything. But, you know, I think it was the um, the 40k box set that came out not too long ago with the Tyranids and the Marines the in Leviathan, it. Leviathan, yeah. The Leviathan. Now, like, Tyranids were my first 40k passion. And I had so many Tyranids. And I just love the Tyranid minis. I just think they're such cool things. And I like Space Marines too. You know, I've got some Space Marines. <laughs> when that box came out, I was just like, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and you're right, Jeff. It's like, like in the run up to it, there was so much. There was just like it was just like a dump of like everyone had it. And in fact, the only person that caught my interest with it at all was Ninjon, who like scratch built some horrifying yes. like mixed. <laughs> that was a um, crime. That's why it's because you were watching yeah. a crime. It's like yeah. so. I took this whole box and thought, nah, really don't want to do this. One miniature. Yeah. So I glued yeah. it all together. <laughs> But like I yeah. can un I can understand why he did that because like sometimes he like swings his camera around and all the stuff that he's been sent from various different places. But I think like a majority of it from Games Workshop and there's just piles of it. Yeah. There's no way anyone in their like a million years is ever going to get through all of that. And so do we, so do, do we think Imperialis was worse because I think a lot of people had had it for a while because there was clearly something going on with delay in the release, and also it's on a smaller scale, so everyone could blast through it and paint it a lot quicker than like the indominus box which is probably on every content creator's shelf still <laughs> well, and, and this is where I'm coming like coming back around to what i first said is like the people that are interested in the game and that have been playing the old rule set or the custom tailor rule set or whatever are they are they fussed about it uh that's there's two camps for that definitely because the scale is different so the scale being different is a bit is, is a bit like the Blood Bowl scale shift from pre-2016 to 2016, where it's yeah. like, you can mm. use the old models, but they're just worse. Yeah, and we all have, we all have Blood Bowl, and we would all buy into a new set. New, yeah, if a new starter set came out, we'd all buy it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah I think I think it's just because we might not be into it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we don't, we don't play Possible. more games. Like, if... If I played 40k lots, I probably would be all over the new releases and stuff, but I just don't. Mm. So it's just like, I, I know that I just won't have time for it. But like my equivalent, I could say, is Conquest, where I really do play that and I'm into that a lot. Whenever they have new releases, I'm all over it. Like they've got these new werewolves coming out. They're sick. And um, just like, I'm immediately going to get those. So I'm really excited for it. Which, and even. Which faction are the werewolves for? Nords. Oh, cool. They're called werewolves. They've got a Vargir Lord, who basically is just like a big Varag. Uh -huh. No, not Varag. Wow. Cheney, Cheney, Cheney. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, he's cool. And um, yeah, no, it's just like that. And that's like I'm really into that. And I would be. I mean, there's not many content creators doing conquest stuff, but every time there is, I'm just like, oh, getting in on that. And um, 
Um, yeah, so uh, no, that's my take on it. What, um, what you guys said a minute ago about like video games, I think it was you, Ben. Um, mm. I, I actually go through this every three months with Magic the Gathering. Um, normally, I would, when a new set would come out, I would either persuade the club, like local club, to have a boost draft, which we did with Lord of the Rings, yes. right? Um, yeah. Trips, so gutted you couldn't make that. That was... <laughs> Uh, oh, my my Baradur orc deck would have ruffle stomped you. It would have been magnificent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, that I had a great time. I had an unnecessarily good time. Um, but or I'll jump on at arena, and when when it goes live, I will play a few drafts and, and just enjoy the format. This time, uh, they may have done it before. I have not paid any attention. But this time, um, LSV and some of the other guys got early access, so they had like the weekend was streamers streaming the format. And I got to watch LSV do a few drafts, and that just ticked the box for me. Like that was just like, mm. oh, cool. All right, I I've experienced this format now, um, and I, I wonder if it, if, it, if it links into this because we've talked about this before. Like, <laughs> war gaming is very rarely uh, about not Blood Bowl. This is my Blood Bowl special, but war game is very rarely about playing the game. It's about all the options you've got to possibly play the game it's the oh you're you're buying the opportunity and and i feel like that having the models and experiencing the game for me hits the same itch uh in a way where i'm like oh i want to get that i want to get that and then i buy it and then maybe i build it or maybe i buy i've bought it and it just stays sealed but this recently like seeing stream reviews and all this kind of stuff has kind of made me go oh yeah that is cool but uh after seeing it this many times it's kind of old hat now but that never really happens for blood bowl and it's really interesting because milton i mean ben you're probably right because we're into blood bowl right um mm -hmm. but Milton, you were saying about like the rules and i think i think this is something that this is why blood bowl is such a very different war game like i, I feel like it's halfway between a tcg and a war game um not fortunately it's not collectible he says having four thousand teams but you know you've got you've got you tell points. that to my dice Ben. <laughs> well yeah exactly um you've kind of because it, it's like small sets it's like i buy this and that's it and i can have multiples and it's just that that weird kind of middle ground where once you've got the rules the rules inspire you and because the buy-in is so low you're like Oh, actually, I'll pick up that team. It's only going to be fifty quid for everything, and actually, I honestly think that's all of it. Yeah, I think that's all of it. I think it's yeah. the buy-in. Like, I, I just think it's like rules be damned. I think it's the fact that a new team is thirty quid, and that's it. Bam, done. Like forty k releases, Legionis Imperialis is what, like one hundred and twenty, yeah. and like that—that's a lot of money to think about and decide. But a quarter of that for something which you are honestly more likely to play. Yeah, opportunity cost. Isn't it? Yeah, it's so much easier to just buy into that. And same with TCGs. Like a, a booster draft between a lot of friends is not a lot of money. 15, but then 000, to buy like okay. a yeah, to to buy like a full pack to make a new deck for a new set is yeah. a lot of money. And that's where you yeah. That said, when it comes to Age of Sigma, if they ever do boarding actions for Age of Sigma, that'll be the point at which I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have 500 points there. <laughs> that that would sell me. That would sell. You said me. that about Warcry, then. <laughs> we need to play that more. Uh, and Necro. Yeah, Munda's interesting. Um, the amount of terrain required for Munda mm. in, like, excites me. 
foreshadowing time trips <laughs> uh excites me uh, and also terrifies me mm. do, do you know what though like and i've i've realized this this is what this is kind of why i've stopped playing or like wanting to play the bigger war games like one of the things that i really like most about it and i think this is one of the things that captivated me initially and got me into war gaming is it's not necessarily the miniatures it's the stage it's the scenery it's like setting that atmosphere and having that that game on that table and uh, like seeing trips and we'll talk about this in a bit but like seeing trips with his his scenery that he's been doing and every time i like i i love sci-fi terrain i think there's some really awesome stuff out there particularly with the 3d printable stuff now and if i had the space for it i'd love to just like do terrain and make boards and things and have well, like a couple of games or whatever came and alive when we did the age of sigma uh, expansion bad moon campaign I mean, sadly, the game was was trash. Uh, but the, Thanks the, to Milton. Well, a little bit, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I just learned a lesson from doing that. You know, like I like I because it was it was like it was like one of the first times that I'd kind of played AOS, and we started off that campaign, didn't we? And yeah, I kind of I went a bit gamery on it. What? Uh, of... Vampire Lord and Zombie <laughs> Dragon. How would you? Point re- what kind of lesson? Day. It like. I, how have you never learned that lesson that is the question it's like being like well i burned my house down but at least i learned a lesson it's like what yeah. how did you need to be taught not to set well there, there, was, there, was a, there was there was a couple of things that played out there one was i didn't really want to have to paint much because no, i was fair. being really lazy so was the, was the other was... one that you just wanted to absolutely shame craig yeah. yeah the other was like i thought like oh this is a winner and like i spent <laughs> the thing is, is i got really invested in the game that was the thing, and like I, I came up with that list from like spending so much time just reading the rules. And... Oh, it took ages, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like Zombie Dragon, four hundred fifty points. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. But it was like playing around with all the. It was all the upgrades where it was like the save, and like I could do this if I pick this this clan and and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it wasn't fun. Like setting setting the campaign up, setting the scenery up, and playing like getting all the games ready and having the opportunity to play oh, was great. Yes, but then, actually but playing then, it like, was miserable. And mm. then playing James, and then James saying he never wanted to play again. Like, <laughs> probably not the best way to start it off, was it? Yeah, but, um, I had a, I had a similar experience, although I did play two games. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I love all of that, and I think like Kill Team and Warcry and Munda would be really good fun to play. I've played a bit of Kill Team, the older, the older one. I've never played Warcry or Munda, but again, I think, and this is one of the reasons why Blood Bowl is so great is I don't have to have a truck ton of nope. scenery, and I don't have space for it. Literally, at the moment, I do not have space for any of that stuff, mainly because it's occupied by Blood Bowl, but. Um, even if it, yeah, and Christmas trees, but even if it wasn't like, it's, it's still like it occupies space, which I just, I don't have. And, uh, and also I've not got the opportunity to go and play those games, but if I did, I'd love it. I'm sure I would love it. Um, yeah, I'd be way more invested in like playing it and being more excited about those releases for sure. But, um, yeah, the bigger, the bigger war games, you're right. Like the Leviathan box was how much? Hundred and twenty or something. I think it might have only been hundred and twenty. Yeah, but even 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 so, yeah, that's like what? It's, it's it's too much. It's not it's not like a can or I... blood bowl teams. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That's an expense. 
Like, I, I don't want to be the typical person that's like, oh, you know, you've got to check with your partner before you buy stuff. But I feel like a £50 buy-in, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And a £100 pounds, you kind of go, okay, mm, I want to buy this. And because of that, it means I can't buy this cabinet unit that we wanted for the kitchen or, or something like that. Like, I feel like that's the threshold that Tiff and I have got at the moment. It's a kind of like, yeah, like, well, we did this, but we're a case of like, have we bought all the baby stuff that we want like have we got everything and tiff was like yes we've got everything and i was like cool i've got enough in the budget to buy the tv for the studio so i bought the tv for the studio and then the next morning i got a little text from her saying could we get this bottle prep machine for 200 pounds i was like (laughs) yes like it's important but it was kind of like okay that was kind of my choice was studio tv and which is probably the price of a 40k like new box uh, definitely like the uh, 40k army or 40k project you've probably start. already got more use out of it oh yeah tv's wicked oh yeah, yeah that's, that's uh... right for our bonehead agm no i just wanted to get your 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 input on that because they did say one um really really salient point which i think we've talked about before which is would there just would people just instantly buy stuff if it was up for sale the day it was pre-order mm-hmm. probably like boom pre-orders today what are they going to be it's this this is all available oh cool yeah let's get it yeah let's get it let's get it and i think it gives you too much time potentially mm-hmm. to think about it um but hey like you guys said not our problem because most of the time we are blood bowl players and there is a few bits of actual blood bowl news kicking around none from games workshop I'm surprised they didn't drop a Dungeon Ball set. I guess that means that the last one didn't sell very well, potentially. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I, I, how, well, I guess you bought it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's got the Blood Bowl logo <laughs> on it. It, it gets bought. Um, and I think it's still in the cupboard. The only reason I think I... Yeah, the models are still on the sprue because they, they were the Wood Elves I was going to send to you, Milton, or Halflings, what I wanted the two. Uh, yeah well i mean it was yeah what was it it was um life and death wasn't it yeah i gave the death bits to rick because he wanted an actual college of death team need both his mm-hmm. um but talking of dungeon ball we've got um dungeon labs expansion 2 so dungeon labs is mg picks this is well we've printed a couple of these dungeons um and this time they are doing more additional pieces for it with more squares and actual kind of they they tried to steer it more towards dungeon bowl-esque tiles and things um i haven't really had a proper look oh dude oh it's the hero quest dungeon this this just so cool uh sadly that wouldn't work for dungeon bowl because it's only got one square and one square would be absolutely miserable one square corridor in dungeon bowl can you imagine (laughs) yes Stick a tree in it. Keep rolling down. There's another one in a minute. Mm. Ooh. Oh, I do. I, do you know what? A dungeon Bowl is, is is not as good as 7s and not as good as 11s. I think it's better than um the other one. That's a... Gutter Bowl. Gutter Bowl, yeah. Mm. I always want to call it Sewer Bowl. But, um, it, it, like, it's not as good, but... The dungeon layouts do very excite me. Tiffy May, you've brought me a cup of tea. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pregs. There you go. That's service. 
Thank you, sweetheart. Magical. Did you did you play the Dungeon Ball tournament? I can't remember, Ben. At Games no. Workshop? No, 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 no. Okay, so that was actually really good, having the rooms. Like, as long as the room rules are on the on the board, like, you can read them next to the room. It's actually really fun, and I um I really, really enjoyed that. So this does excite me, having all these rooms. This feels like a like Tomb of Annihilation, old-school yeah. D&D. &D. Oh. This is a really good, if you want a hobby project and you wanted to create a dungeon bowl pitch with rooms and detail, these are going to be great because yeah. we've seen the first version of them. They print really well. Milton will be over the moon because they magnetize beautifully. Um, and they, and it, I think it basically just filled out everything you could ever need to do anything. And then you just got to work it out and print your options off. That's very cool. They got a little um, <laughs> nice. I'm I'm gonna have to buy this, aren't I? <laughs> At least you'll print it. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing I will absolutely print. Ooh, yeah, big old dungeon. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. I'm always in the market for hobby projects. Um, now it is good stuff. It is really good stuff. Right, actually, this right because this is actually uh, not a Kickstarter. This is on my mini factory as a um, oh, what are they blooming called? Trips. Tribes. Oh, oh my god! There's new names all no, every day. <laughs> Tribe is the my mini factory version of Patreon. Yeah. Frontiers. Yeah, Frontiers, Frontiers trips yeah. is the yeah. my mini factory version of Kickstarter, and normally you get this straight away, don't you? If you go on to tiers. Click frontiers oh Brilliant. come off it eleven dollars yeah <laughs> there's an early bird price so if you're listening to the podcast that price may have gone up about three or four dollars well, that's going straight in the basket yeah and usually as you said with a frontiers thing as 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 soon as you have kicked uh Put all your details in on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> as as soon as you you do it, they appear in your library, and and then you go, mm, my colleague appears to be taking the sleep test on something, and I'm already printing it. Do, 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 Just ignore what's happening on the screen. Click. There we go. <laughs> Eleven dollars. That's fantastic. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, and that's why that goes back to the earlier point where we had when when things are low enough, people just get them anyway and get excited. It's because yep. things are too damn expensive. Did you need three weeks of previews? No, you looked at no. it. Thought, this is quite interesting. Check the price. A reasonable price. Yeah. Do you know, I think that goes all the way back to the other great thing about sorting out the, the studios. I've been like bringing home boxes of rubbish that are still at my parents, and including like actual big boxes of old white dwarfs. And I remember, like, White Dwarf, like, you got the magazine, and in the back was a whole bunch of stuff that you could just buy. And it was like, you got the White Dwarf each month, and you were like, oh, what are the new releases that I can buy right now? When I say buy right now, I mean yeah. photocopy the page, write it in with a biro. Like, I've in my old copies of White Dwarfs, I've got, like, there's biro where me and Ian have, like, done the maths to figure out which ones we want to get and how much it's going to be. Like... But like, because it was all mail order stuff, but it was just so wicked because you get it and you have that excitement of like, oh my God, I want to go buy this. And I can't yeah, tell I remember, you the last time I had that feeling. I remember because they used to, 
pre-internet well it wasn't quite pre-internet but they used to do the annual catalog oh, and you'd get the, the book yeah and then you'd get that would be like what you'd have now on the on the site where you can view everything that they've got that was the most exciting thing could you, could you view it in 360 no sadly <laughs> can you now <laughs> i suppose no no sadly <laughs> um, Right. Anyway, disclaimer. I think you can. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah, you can. Now. You can now. Yeah. Um. Cool. Right. Well, that was Dungeon Lab version two. I've bought it, so I will be printing it, and we will see what's occurring. Next up on the news, this was wicked. Um. I was just doom scrolling productively as you do, and saw this from Cool Kiwi Miniatures. I have yet to buy this, but I will buy it in a moment as well. And it is a Roman gladiator style dwarf death roller chariot. And I saw it, and the model is two dollars fifty, and I just love this. Like, I don't. I assume there's a dwarf team that goes with it. I've not checked it out, but the model is just so dumb. It's brilliant. It's very cute. He's been putting it in the Discord. I think he's painted it up. Oh, I flipping love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like, it's just such a cool little design. And it's got like a little steam... I don't know what's going on with my internet. I pay a lot for two different internet providers because I live in the Netherlands. Not the actual Netherlands. <laughs> like the... It's close. It's close because I accidentally live near... Yeah. Uh, no, I just live in Treeland. It's like... <laughs> Atholora. Oh, look at it. That is a really unnecessary model. And it's beautifully done. Absolutely love that. I thought it, well, I wanted to show it off because it was just wicked. So that's Cool Kiwi Miniatures. The link is in the show notes because that is just a well fun little model. But it's the first podcast of the month, which means it is Patreon release hype time. And my pick for this month is this team. And I know trips, I keep banging on about it, but Amazon's are a team that the rules that Games Workshop re-released the rules for them I think are still the most exciting of the newer tweaks on teams okay like vampires are real good but the the Amazon one sings to me a bit more because it's obviously you know agile and you know you do things mm. um and the ugly team is really good the Ugni Amazon team is really good. The Wear Games team is excellent, but that's a resin one you've got to buy. The Games Workshop team is just absolute fine. Like, it is bang on. Yeah, it's good. It, it's it's 3.5 out of 5. It's cool. perfectly fine. The blockers are a bit of an issue, Ben. You are exactly right. Um, and Punga Sculpts. I mean, Milton, what is it you always say about Punga Sculpts? Uh, well, Punga are great because just for painting them like they don't hold they're detailed enough they're not overly detailed so one of the things that's like of like quite we're quite critical about i think games workshop miniatures um is just like well ben loves a bit of filigree don't you uh, <laughs> other ben this is I yeah um <laughs> yeah i think i think probably painting it right now <laughs> yeah. um they're just spot on all of the Punga designs, and I, they have like a certain like uh, I want to say like Warcrafty aesthetic to them, which I like. They're, they're maybe a tad more sort of cartoonish they're, than they're potentially the Games Workshop, yeah. Um, which which I personally like. I know that's not going to be everyone's 
everyone's thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I rate Hunger enormously. I think they're great. I think this is the most perfect team they have delivered. I think they've just... um, yeah they've taken Slan team and made them not frogs and <laughs> that's all they ever had to do. <laughs> that's a great team. Yeah. Yes, you are exactly on the money. Anyway, I've printed one of these. It's primed. It's in the shed. I'll be doing a um, print pitch video in the next few days for it because I really love this team. So it is on Patreon. It is the first time in a long time. It is a one month team. All sixteen right. models. Oh, okay. Two blockers, two blitzers, oh. two throwers. 10 linemen uh all in one month they with the exception of one blitzer which did not print that's well. weird no 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 no. the models oh. are in there but oh, this, okay. this blitzer here uh hang on blitzer is it a blitzer yes it is a blitzer should it be cool <laughs> it... no 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 it's like what do you blitz with in an amazon team Oh, the blockers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this yeah. this this uh, blitzer catcher. Uh, for some reason, uh, this the the arm here broke off on the pre-supports and on my supported version when I did the first run of the team because I, I did I do all the models with my light supports because I like I, I I live on the edge with light supports because I I want as little impact on the model as possible and that really satisfying spider web feel. Mm. Right? And then I always chuck on a few of the pre-supports as well because I think it's important when you're doing pitch pitch videos to be like, yeah, pre-supports work or watch out for this. For some reason, my I think I was just too eager uh, with my supports and the Punga pre-supports that you will print them, but you will need warm water and potentially pliers to pull them off because that it's not as egregious as that big red orc team that Ben you printed Ooh. for trips that time. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but they are chunky boy. Uh, so, yeah. I, but anyway, I resupported it. I printed her again, and she's absolutely fine. But with with the exception of that, the, the models print perfectly. It was it was it was wonderful. Like one plate, I had twenty four perfect Amazon prints, and this team is is. I I don't think I think I will be painting up more than one. I prefer it to their other one, their Storm Sisters. Honestly, I like the Storm Sisters a lot. But I think I prefer these as an Amazon team. It, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to gush anymore because I just think this is, this is the perfect end to the to the yeah. to the year. Oh yeah, they did another Amazon team, didn't they? I completely they did a forgot. Brilliant about Amazon team. Ben's painted it up unnecessarily yeah. well, um, and we used it. Did we use it on our stream? Didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the on the ball team? Yep. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. It's all right. Yeah, I'm over it. Do you prefer this team? Uh, anyway, <laughs> that is Punga for this month. Now, our store is closed at the moment because uh, I don't want to accept orders when the baby could arrive like that. So it's closed just for a few weeks while the baby gets here and I figure out how much orders and printing I can do with the baby. It may be none. It may be loads. So, um, But this team will be up on our store at, at some point in the next few weeks. So, yeah, all probably from somebody else as well. But it's a fantastic team. And the hits keep coming in STL land, which is an interesting one. I think a, an episode for a podcast coming up soon. Right, Realm of Paths, they dropped that awesome Tomb King team. Milton, how's it coming? Uh, well, not, not very far so far. It's only been a while. I've, I've opened the box, so... No, I am really excited to put them together. I just haven't had the time. We've had too much going on. Christmas uh, run up in it. So well, yeah. But yeah. they've they've now dropped a full-on undead team. And 
it's a very metal team and i'm not i don't know if i'm saying that because the render is silver but there's just a ton of armor on these guys so you've got zombies you've got uh skeletons you've got a bunch of ghouls you've got two gigantic mummies which look wicked you've got a couple of blitzers they've done a good job with the blitzers they, they are skeleton champions but they've just got an extra gorget with spikes and a couple of capes which I think sets them apart brilliantly. And you've got some pretty gribbly ghouls. Now, I've printed this out as well, ready for Prince Pitch. And uh, the ghouls are in very dynamic poses. So even though they've got similar armor and they've kind of got a, sim a very similar aesthetic to the rest of the team, you can tell them because this is, this is something that really impressed me. When you've got the models built and primed, you can tell which one the ghouls are because of the way they're moving. And that, I think, is excellent excellent Brilliant. work because uh, i was like right which of these are ghouls and i was like that guy's moving that, that guy looks like yeah and all the ones that look like ghouls are just in these weird little gating poses it's fantastic they look like they should be glued on walls running up the sides of walls and just like some kind of nightmare cartoon um and it's yeah absolutely brilliant um I don't know what else to say about this it's a one month release you get two mummies two blitzers four ghouls and a bunch of skeletons and zombies. Um, Realm of Pass has done a good job on this one as well. Mm, it's gorgeous. It, it, it's reminiscent of the um, sort of old artwork. Oh, like the Champions of Death stuff. Yeah, it's the um, helmets, like, right? Yeah, mm. and it kind of it kind of reminds me of the yeah the sort of the older Blood Bowl uh, Blood Bowl style artwork, and also the comic books. And even I think it's in the um, Undead Spike. There's a little comic at the back. And it's yeah, which is just in black and white. Is it the is it the undead one or is it the necromantic one? I can't remember. Where they kind of like I don't think there is invaded spike. Yeah, it was like Spike Three or something. I've actually got a physical copy of that oh, one. Oh god, that was yeah, that was a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of that. I think it's this very cool. I think this aesthetic will appeal to a lot of people. Yeah, I think they've uh, done a good job with that one. Um, and then of course. Of course, <laughs> our buddy Brutey, who I think, for all intents and purposes, is just the Orc Lord. Um, he's he's sculpted some more Orcs for his Orc team, and they are fan talk stick. No, that was a failure. Nice. Yeah, where's Ian? Well, Hannam, Hannam, when we need him. Uh, anyway. Canned laughter, please. Can of lager. Oh, canned laughter. Yeah, can of lager. Right. Yeah, the humor is that good. Um, yeah, no. I can do an IPA. Oh, just this team is just wonderful. I printed out the first batch, started painting it. I've yet to print out the second batch, but you've got a mooning orc, uh, <laughs> and you've got a ton of great goblins, and the aesthetic fits in with the black orc team. But they are well, the team is the junkyard something, junkyard brawlers. Mm. I can't remember what they're called. And the armor style is that like you've got extra, extra bits of metal bolted to things. So you've got the same kind of aesthetic as his Black Orc team. Just the sculpt, it's, it's phenomenal to look at the sculpting on these Black Orcs compared to his first team. His first team was the Black Orc team, right? The, mm -hmm. This is just, this is just wonderful. Milton, you're the kind of the resident green skin here. Yeah. I, <laughs> What's your take? I, I, I want these so badly. And I was, <laughs> I was saying to him the other day, uh, or might have been today, I don't know, time. Goes, doesn't time, it? Time's doing but, weird things at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, no, I was saying to him, I was like, oh, yeah, because I've been planning to redo my orc team for a long time. I keep talking about it, and I've got orcs on sprues, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get around to doing that, which is the Games Workshop one. And then, of course, he's come along with this, and I'm like, actually, I think this is a far better candidate for me doing that, because I already have a Games Workshop one. And I think that one of my reluctances to go and paint the orc team again is like, oh, I've already got one of those, so I'm just, I've got loads of other teams I could do, which I'd have another one, but with these guys, yeah, and, and every positional's different. There's so much character to this, and also he's done a little goblin cheerleader. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Posted that on the Discord. That's really fun. Along with his palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. Of Grimgore Ironhide. I know, so cool. <laughs> which he was like, oh yeah, here's 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 a render of what I'm thinking about, and then like five minutes later, he's done it. I'm like this, so good. Absolutely phenomenal. But yeah. turns out the quality work. Each of these guys has got a character, and this is us. You know, Rick popped round earlier, um, and um, we had a little chat about stuff. And he was like, "The thing that's missing for Blood Bowl these days is," and I think it's interesting because we we kind of touched on it earlier. Is like Blood Bowl is way more about the game than like it's it's like playing the game, which is which is brilliant. Which is probably why it's you know one of the best miniatures game out there. Is because the 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 setup time is very minimal if you know what you're doing um and the story element of blood bowl like that 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 narrative we kind of it does get a little bit lost because it's completely un, un unneeded until you start brewing up your team in a league right and every single one of these models like especially the flipping goblins like you god you know i love grot brady from mm. this team like look at these goblins like that lad is going to be famous and i want to get a throwing touchdown to the catcher goblin i like or he'll die game one yeah and then you just bring him back with a two by the end of his name uh, this guy just being jaws it's just incredible that a tiny blood ball goblin model can give me flashbacks of golden eye on the nintendo 64 and that makes me very happy because this guy needs a little bowl hat because then he would be both uh Jaws odd and, odd job. and odd, yeah. job, odd job at the same time. Like absolutely just wicked. Like these are a, a painter's masterpiece. Ah, uh, we're so lucky with Blood Bowl. Um, yeah, so Bruti absolutely crushing it. My mini factory, anything good? Dungeon blocks, the medieval town. Ooh. I think it's best I don't look at that. Uh Okie dokie. There's a couple more, couple more. Yeah, a couple more uh, to look at. We've got Torchlight here doing a really interesting steampunk dwarf sewer team. Um, I, I mean, some of it is phenomenal. Milton, I want to know what your take is on on this chap in the middle. What does he What does he make you think of? Him? Yeah. Uh, it's um, Doctor. What's his name? Yeah, Doctor Robotnik Sonic. from Sonic. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That is it. I, it's a really interesting team. When I, the first models he showed of these were these guys here, which I think mm -hmm. might be runners, and I was like, "This is weird." Like they've got power fists. Um, so yes, if you want a team of dwarves that look kind of, but I, I know they're going for steampunk. But it's, it's just a really strange aesthetic. I think it is a ton of fun. It is absolutely positively not for me, but every one of the sculpts is actually really fun. 
and I think mm-hmm. as I think printed and painted as a whole team, <laughs> this would look wicked. I think I think they're quite fun for gutter ball. Mm. I think they fit fit that thematically. I mean, these these to me look like they're from League of Legends. Mm. I don't know if you guys have used to play, but yeah, <laughs> Ziggs or Heimerdinger or something like that. No, Definitely I, some people get that. They don't do drugs, let alone hard drugs, Ben. <laughs> uh, interesting one. I, I just thought, you know, they they he's gone hard with a a style. <laughs> I mean, if you're a dwarf fan, there are so many different dwarf teams, third party dwarf teams, like so many different aesthetics that you could have like a dwarf team in every style. So I mean, I mean, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I thought it was the very notes. I, I think I think actually. A model from this would be quite good as a random paint-up. I think it would be really good fun. And and this is probably the, the set that has the most potential for just random RPG games. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, you're so right. right. You're yeah, so right. Yeah. Dwarf um, Artificer, bam, mm. straight off the bat. I mean, that guy in the middle is basically my Artificer character, but a dwarf. Oh, you so. mean not the guy with the top hat with candles on pointing his power fist? No, he's not quite that. Oh. That kind of person. More the middle one. I I think I like it even more now. This is so cool, right? Blood Bowl is just so much about the game that you can use any kind of mad theme, mad vibe to go with it. Ah. Well, when we draft again, if you get a dwarf, there you go. Uh, well, I've got I got I got plans. I got ideas for that. I got ideas for that. But we didn't get a chance to talk about that at the AGM in the content discussion. But I, I've got a couple of things that I think you guys will enjoy slash hate a little bit which i like even more right and the last one we got a bit of news for is the ugni team they've rounded out their tomb kings but it's got a cheney model ticking over here and we've got a uh ivan the animal death shroud which i tell you what if we just go to this paste and we can click through and hopefully at the speed of the new forest internet we can tick through and look at some of the models uh in the set the Tomb Guardians, they have such a weird profile. Like, they, they are the shape of an upside-down avocado. It is. Yeah. It's um, giving me Mr. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's very spot on. Yeah. Yeah. They look like a Warhammer 40k player who works at home, so therefore has got no legs. <laughs> Yeah, I watched that channel. Um... <laughs> Slander. That's spicy. Mm. Um, Ivan Ugni Shroud, right? Excellent points for the uh, for the name here. Uh, do you know? I think we're still waiting for a definitive Ivan the Death Shroud model. Ugni generally are like batting. 900 when it comes to their their star players but this guy just he just doesn't feel right to me to be it's a cool sculpt and i love the mohawk because it's pretty low bar if you put a mohawk on a model i'm, I'm pretty much like hey paint it orange send him to his doom um but this one this one it, it's not quite there for me all of the faces have eddie vibes you know iron maiden's mascot yeah i think that might be on purpose and we've seen that a couple of times with some of the undead teams, haven't we? Was it the um, 
trips who's the company that's doing all the stadiums at the moment oh Ortiz. yes they did a tomb king yeah. team, didn't they that had kind of very cartoony faces i actually love those models but i think since then you've got these kind of overly characterful undead faces uh oh no actually cheney however is a very cool model yeah he is uh i like the brutey one but this one i think is a very 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 good alternative as well it, it just looks more more hairy mm. if, very big if that's if that's yeah if that's you know your, your jam mm. and i came with bases this time i didn't bother printing them off because printing bases in resin is kind of miserable um generally speaking have you i don't know a, sorry i don't mean to tangent have you tried the new charlie factory stuff they have a new base printing system in their 2.0 bases are they're really good i haven't actually tried one of their full bases yet but i've done loads of toppers but they print it where you have a little platform and then you have a really super thin like i'm talking like a micron thin long support that goes around the rim and then it prints off of that and it just peels off and it's done it's so you don't have loads of supports you just have this like one really thin long one they're very cool um yeah the loads and loads of toppers that just they just snap and it's perfect circle that sounds incredibly satisfying mm. we're checking out charlie factory yeah but it's spelled t-x-a-r-l-y oh yeah it's 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 pronounced charlie apparently in um a language oh who named it old tesla boy jesus it's a language don't be racist then um well no i just you know if you spell it with old letters and then say it's pronounced differently i just get um elon musk vibes i'll be honest i've been calling it tarlixel factory or something tarlixel okay that's just dyslexia um tarlixel that's good for coughs um anyway this team i've also printed out and got primed and based it's also in the shed ready for a, a print pitch because uh, do you know what it it's a bit scratchy. The faces, I think you're right, Milton. They're a little bit like, you know, the mascot of um, Iron Maiden. But I think the sculpts are really good. The downside, and this is something that you get with, like, every undead team ever. I printed these with light supports myself, and there were a myriad of casualties. Um, it is entirely it's possible... The Ugni, well, actually, I looked at the Ugni pre-supports. Now, Ugni pre-supports are almost perfect. There's only a few models with light ankles that you have to be careful with. Um, but I looked at the pre-sups and I was like, this is this is heavy. Not, not, not that heavy, but heavy for what you've got. And I printed the whole team with light supports myself. And I probably had about a 20% casualty rate in tearing Ooh. off. And we're talking light supports. At light supports at a 45 degree angle, you, you can kind of just move the model sideways and it peels off and it makes a really wonderful noise you can even toggle it right and then left and then right again uh but it, i still lost a bunch of legs and arms so if you're going to print the team be very very careful with it um i guess but it's a very cool team and again i think this is a really good candidate for a team that we're going to see painted up brilliantly mm. it looks like it take to contrast quite well there's a lot of like yeah uh, grooves. I don't know what the word is. That that does that le levels. That's it. That does score extra points in my in my world. Uh, right, fantastic. Is there any other news and bits and bobs that we've missed, guys? No, I don't think so. 
Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. I think Ian posted a picture of those bases in the in our WhatsApp. Ooh, um, I'll, I'll bring it up for our hobby section. So I've got cool. I've got I've got a couple of bits to get off WhatsApp. Uh, fantastic. Well, before we move on, just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who supports the show in whatever way that you do. Um, I think I said the same thing last time. Like, sorry, it's a bit slow going at the moment, but um, next year is going to be a very good year for us. I, I promise you. And uh, thank you all very much for supporting. Right, cheeky bit of hobby time. All right, quick round of hobby projects and bits. This is a picture of the um, Kajali, Kajali, Charlie factory, uh, the Charlie Chocolate Factory bases here. I like that. Mm. That's a cunning strategy with the supports. I don't think it sells how thin that support is, by the way. That is like floppy. You know when you um when you do like a tank clean and you get like that sheet that you pull off. It's thinner than that. Another satisfying piece of yeah. 3d printing that it's the only good thing about <laughs> yeah. having a failed print uh, oh it's so much better is tank get to do the deal. <laughs> hmm, interesting i have to get yeah. some of them and try them out uh wicked they actually have a and the, sorry in the second kickstarter there is a blood bowl one but it's 16 different 32 mil bases with like foam fingers and stuff yeah it's there oh, dude, like built in grass i think it's cracked earth actually i think it's like but you can just stick grass on it or you can have cracked earth so yeah. All right, sign me up. That sounds perfect. Uh, Trips, I think you shared the painted picture. Is this cool Kiwi's actual model? That was me. That was but you. yeah, oh. he posted that in the Discord. Absolutely I think it looks really great. Absolutely fantastic. I oh, love I'm... that. Oh, there's some lovely weathering and everything. The sculpt's great. It's fun. I love that. That's just an absolute win. Um, I'm just going to absolutely uh, throw myself into hobby first, guys, because I wanted to show this off. <laughs> Uh, Lewis and Craig came around. We talked about um, impending baby and stuff like that until one o'clock in the morning yesterday. Um, boy, howdy, did they give me some stories. Feeling very good about the whole thing. Uh, but we also got the Realm of Battle out. Uh, our old Realm of Battle from, I don't know, pre-broadband years or whatever it was. When we, used to, we sent Craig off to work at Games Workshop so he could get discounts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then we pounded together and bought it. See, Milt, you got all your sprays in the background there. Nice. Um, and yeah, popped it on the 6x4 gaming table in the studio with the big wall of mountain there as well. And it just, ah, oh, it just, like, it was very cool to set it up. And then we went into the house, made a cup of tea, and then opening the studio doors. And seeing this six by four Warhammer table with a mountain backdrop in there, like lit from the ceiling with synthwave playing and shiny lights just going mad around the edges. I was like, yes, it has Golden taken dream. me 25 years, but I have now achieved, uh, achieved like this, this wicked hobby room. And then I packed it away. Uh, uh, to, to, to be avoided or well, it didn't lead towards me printing 20 goblins just just because i was like i need goblins and i found some stuff to put in the uh in the uh -huh. shiny hat i got my green my little mini green bay helmet and the charlie victor foam ball nice and a couple of my little blood bowl footballs there starting to fill out really 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 nicely but that it's been been fine this is craig's chaos dwarf team uh just set up in the realm of battle now this is trash so i'm gonna have to redo the whole realm of battle if we want to ever use it but hey it's held up uh, there's a newspaper in there from 2012 or something 
which was quite oh. funny. 2012, 2016 or something, I don't know. The apocalypse days. Just just the pre-days. Um, but no, that was that was that was my little wicked hobby moment of just playing in the shed this week. Sorry, the studio. And then we got a little bit of uh, a little bit of hobby from Blood Tithe here, BT. Hmm. Yeah, so um, Brush Tide, still going well. Um, had a few delays. Uh, new business planning timing has been, I think I was a bit over-optimistic, so sorry about that. If your water is delayed, you should be aware. Um, but yeah, no, I've, uh, this is one of the projects I've recently been doing. Um, this was the Punga um, Vampire Buccaneers. Um, so yeah, I recently worked on that with the Brute Fun Varg as well, because, you know, it's a good Varg. It's the best. Um yeah, no, this was really fun. Again, like Milton said, Punga models paint well, so this was good. Look at the stars. warm light of the lantern. <laughs> I really like that, actually. <laughs> okay, I, that bit is beautifully painted. I have one massive question, though. How how does he light it? Ah, it's just it's just sad. Um, this, it just this, hits it really hard and sparks. Is this the star player vamp that they, they redid? Yeah, so that's the Luther painted in like box art Luther um, colors, and same with Karina. And you got purple hat. Is this is this this isn't the Forge World one, is it? No, no, Punk both are Punga. I didn't realize that Punga had done a purple hat star as well. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. They, I think they did those when the team came out, obviously. So, I mean, um, this this is, is an older team, but yeah, yeah. This is this is one of their first Kickstarters, I think, isn't it? I think it went. Yeah, I think it went Pirates Cursed Crew as one, and then it was these. So. Yeah. Um, this yeah. Vampire Lord is is an oh. absolute classic, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's fun. I like him a lot. He's the, the thrower, one of the throwers at least. Um, yeah. Though I wanted to comment on the basing. So I'm actually going to do a little short thing, like on Instagram probably. Um, so if you follow Brush Tide on Instagram, you'll see that hopefully soon. But just on how these are done, because a few people asked about that. Um, and just briefly, it's so easy. I, I, like I had a, an image of aged wood, like ship deck wood um, on my screen and just kind of held, held it up every now and then to look at it. And it's, um, yeah, so spray it gray and then stipple or airbrush, both are fine. It has to be messy. Any brown you can find, like grab brown, mix it in whatever, just as many browns. Um, you can't have too little, too less. Well, you, sorry, you can't have too many. Stipple it everywhere. Wash it entirely in black oil if you can. No one is fine. Um, and then dry brush like a bone, like a, a bone color. And then I added in just a bit of green, and that's it. It's like really, really quick and easy wood to make it look like not just brown. I was going to ask you about that because mm. it does look fantastic. And um, like plank wood base stoppers is something I've been looking for for a while. I think the uh, Kraken. Uh, they do a yes. printable pitch, which is like a ship, which would work really well with these. Obviously, you've got the Dark Elf uh, Games Workshop pitch, which would work really well with these. Um, and then Punga love their pirates, don't they? So there's like so many Punga teams that would work with this. It's really cool. I uh, I found mm. some some uh, STLs of plank topped bases, and I printed out a bunch just to use for the Punga Patreon ones, <laughs> and I printed out a bunch and that was when they started doing Chaos half halflings all of a sudden I was like, oh for <laughs> god's sake I spent all year doing pirate teams, I was like I'm going to get ahead, I'll just I'll print, I'll print a couple more of these so I've got them ready to go, and then they were like Chaos, I was like, oh alright, cheers for that, but no, we're that, done now <laughs> that is, um, I mean, the team looks absolutely wonderful 
Like, ah, dear Punga, they do some good stuff. But that Bruti Varg is just excellent. Craig brought his round as well yesterday. And he was like, yeah, look at this. Because they did it in the old Cursed City black and red zenithal kind of style. Nice. Um, and it's just, it takes a lot of a lot of good paint. But Ben, this is a very, very, very <laughs> lovely team. Um, can I ask you a question? Does it hurt sometimes to ship these off? Uh, no, not really. Like, I, I think the first few jobs like i did kind of but i think it's that's past i think i just am excited now it's like it's sort of the feeling where it's like i i i know these are going to somewhere where they're going to get used and loved and stuff and i painted stuff which i've used maybe like once or not at all and it's just like i'd rather people play with them so it's nice to know that you're you know making people happy i think that means a lot so like it, i don't i i like seeing them go no that's wicked yeah have you had any sci-fi stuff or is it been has it been mostly blood bowl I have through freelance work. So I, I don't think I said on the podcast, I do freelance work with C Studios as well. Um, so through that, I have had sci-fi stuff. Um, it's all 40K. Um, but no, through Budge Tide, it's entirely purple. Um, and there's a lot of it too. So <laughs> I'm working my way through. Greed by Chaos Chosen are up next, I think. Oh, that's a yeah. wicked team. But anyway, talking about sci-fi trips, I feel like you've been doing a few bits of hobby yourself. Yeah, I decided to uh, get the the printer back out working again, and uh, of course, what should be a two hour job turned into a two day job of slowly tweaking and playing and software updating. But I can now be very distracted by watching it through a webcam, which is very lazy because it's there. <laughs> this is plastic it, printing, isn't it? This is plastic printing. So uh, I I have started on a, a little spaceship um, of uh, for various sci-fi games and with a handy takeoff roof so you can get to your miniature. And then uh, someone put into our group chat that there were some uh, Necromunda tiles and um, uh, they took the sleep test, but not for me. I straight away went <laughs> into uh, printing them and have printed uh, half a tower already. But they are really good. They come in sort of half tiles. You can see how thick they are or how thick they aren't. So they print. that's a half an hour print to uh, print those out. And then like a whole floor system is like that. Um and that so simple. Oh, so you're gonna print a skeleton and then you can put the tops on. Then you put the tops on, yeah. That's interesting. Because you can actually have voluntarily have holes in them as well, I guess. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really cool kit and it just uh it just absolutely smacks of the nineteen ninety five Necromunda thing. Milton, this is exactly the dangerous bit of terrain. I'm almost like not wanting to look because oh then buckle up for these action shots is it this one yeah because if you do look milton you do what i do which is go oh yeah that looks good oh i seem to have bought it oh i appear to be printing it and you're like well that was a interesting 20 minutes yeah, <laughs> just... and is, is your printer running right now uh it's not running right now but oh, okay. it, 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 we are at that stage of the year where i believe that heating the room through using of the printer <laughs> is a good idea <laughs> no it's it's this picture here and then blending into this picture here. Uh, it's oh. just, it just, <laughs> like, this is OG Necromunda. This is like. Is this cardstock? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's the original card and with the plastic um, sort of ends to, to build oh, it. And basically, right, okay. I can print all of that and it's not, and it's not going to be a weeks and weeks job. I reckon I could print the tower 
over a couple of days now I've, I've figured out what I'm doing and there's a it's a clip system or a magnetic system but the clips when the printer's dialed in now so the clips are really fitting well they're they come on off, off and on without uh too much hassle so yeah I shall be tower, have a tower soon for the chap those That's whippy cool. sticks were weapons oh <laughs> I don't know if I said on the podcast, but Alison found my heresy ones, and it's been chaos. <laughs> I see her like at work, and what she's thinking is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the nunchucks yeah. hidden. No, it trips. It's been like it was so funny how quickly you turned that bit around, and I was like, it was like I've been printing this, and I was like, oh, it's more bits for your um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the the sci-fi, the solo sci-fi RPG. I was like, you're building yeah, the spaceship. Yeah, for five parsecs. I was like, oh, he's doing more of that. And I was like, hang about. That's the bloody Necromunda terrain we were just looking at. Yeah, well, th there's an added bonus. Uh, five parsecs is 28 mil uh, miniatures. Necromunda is 28 mil miniatures. Kill Team is, they're slightly bigger, but it still works nicely with the terrain. So uh, uh, print once and don't use multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the opportunity to use is massive. Yeah. <laughs> the chances are minimal, but the opportunity for use is absolutely bang on. Yeah. Oh, that is so, 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 so good trips. Um, Mill, how about you, dude? Anything exciting going on? No, unfortunately, we've been kind of up and down with health in the family, so I've not had much opportunity to do much of it. I have done a little bit more work on my ogre baby from Bonehead Bowl, yeah. uh, which has been fun. And that is going to be the start of a Snotling team. Ooh, so that's cool. Gonna, yeah, they're all going to be based up the same way that I've done that. So, yeah, with the aim of, of taking them in with a Crack and Crumbleberry tournament list. So Crack and Crumbleberry Snotlings? Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh. I yeah. remember, because that's a two-star players that count as one of your two-star player choices. You could yeah. even fit Bomber in there to make extra friends. Yeah, everyone will love that, won't they? Um, <laughs> no, actually, he's no. a megastar, though, isn't he? So. He is, yeah, so you got taxed on that. No, I think it's it's going to be quite simple. Uh, I think it would just be Crack, crack and Crumbleberry, uh, Trolls and Snots, and I think that would just be quite fun. Um, maybe maybe if we're Odd Man inning or something like that, and I'm not too worried about doing too brilliantly. <laughs> Although snotlings, yeah, snotlings so, are so impressed by lethal in tournament play. Um, you got to wonder yeah, if how hating... much of that is Hackflim. I don't know. I played against Hackflimless snotlings with corn. It was miserable. Like, oh, well, I mean, great game. Just, it, was, yeah. it was Toby. He's a lovely guy, but it's uh, oh, that, it's horrible. As a matchup, <laughs> that is absolute trash, though, as well. It's fine if they die. You're right. I need to get the Toon Kings out as well um i keep lovingly looking over at them i just haven't had time but i have had a like yeah we're all much better now and i have had a pretty damn good clear out kind of organized everything actually i'm actually kind of hobby related I, I bought an app called paint rack which i found from like just googling seeing what was available because i've been using the citadel um app where you can you can register all the paints you've got but obviously it's just games workshop ones but paint rack's really cool because you can use like any of the brands they've got this rapid scanning so you can just scan all the barcodes on the back of the paint pots and it just puts them all in it does all the color theory um you can make sets so you can plan your and like record what you've been painting 
mostly so I don't forget because I'll pick up a like project mm. and then like 10 yeah. months later I'll be like how did I paint that and I'm like as long as I'm di- diligent with it and like filling out and everything so yeah that was that's pretty cool um see so uh, at the beginning that's... of the pod we were talking about like uh ticking off that feeling of like I, I want to buy this I want to get involved in this and, and like you can kind of like tick the box without actually doing it I I would be really worried about like okay I need a paint scheme for these guys using the app and being like that's the paint scheme cool solved next project next project <laughs> never even get to painting I, I I don't need the app for that because I've done that a hundred times be like here's the name of the team I've named the players I've done the paint but they're still on the sprue so uh... <laughs> yeah yeah completed it completed it without yeah. even starting uh, yeah I love it. I'm done that. I've played a few games with them in my head. I'm done now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I went three and zero. Oh, next team, um, yeah. trips. There's the, for the for the Necromunda stuff. I've backed a couple of these um, kick, kick kill team things, and I figured if 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 Necromunda ever happened, these little floor pieces just stuck. they are amazing for it. Yeah, stuck to a bit of a couple of MDF panels or something like that would be brilliant. But I, I personally love the 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 forty k orc kill team set because it's just proper gribbly metal. Ooh, I, I like I like the raised look with the lights underneath it. I'm having. I thought I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Your Necromunda terrain on raised LED goodness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's got terrain and LEDs. I mean, what studio, more could make a man happy? It's some LED. It's more LEDs. There's something about those pictures from the angle and the lighting that makes them look like a video game, like um like Diablo or something <laughs> where it's like you're side scrolling uh, not not these ones the of the train the the Munda train yeah those oh yeah. it does doesn't it it is a render it, yeah. yeah it is a render oh it, it is a render okay yeah. I was like wow yeah I'm going for my dungeon yeah but that, that can be replicated and uh that might be that might that might be an extension of the, the current project <laughs> is it a render gene stealers pouring out I don't think it is I don't think that's a render I thought it was I think they just got lights underneath the painting. Uh, yeah, it, like it would be more consistent if it was a render. It does look like um, scattered LEDs underneath, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't. That's not. That's painted. That's painted on a black surface. Yeah, you can tell. Like, there's like crumbs on the blank below. <laughs> yes. <Ooh. laughs> Spot the chest hair. That's Bit of digestive. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Black, black cloth mats pick everything up. All right, on that bombshell, Alex. Not included. (laughs) I think we'll move on to the main topic. Okay, so we've had a good chatty episode about this, that, and everything. But what we wanted to talk about today a little bit was... Rubbish little chair up here. Is... I can't remember quite how you said it, Milton, but I think it was along the lines of, is it always right to play to win a game of Blood Bowl? Is that that about the question that was raised? Yeah, Yeah, that was around around the point yeah so um, i think the answer is 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 no um mm, and cool. um, great we'll episode yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but particularly milton why 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 did that thought kind of pop into your head what what were you <laughs> what were you thinking <laughs> so okay i think this is this is one of the lessons that well, I personally think this is a lesson that I took a long time to learn about Blood Bowl. 
so oh, it's obviously not, does... not just stacking negative modifiers on a zombie dragon in a small scale game and oh we'll come back <laughs> around to that in a minute because <laughs> it does kind of play into this slowly um no so like um league and tournament play as we've discussed are quite different animals and in a tournament obviously your main objective is to win right you know you're you're yeah. there you're you're in a competitive environment you're you're you've built your team and it's it's all what it is and it's all structured and that's great but in league league's very different and league has a kind of character to it and we've touched on this many times and i know you yourself ben really like your team you've you know you're very attached to some of the players and that kind of skill development that leveling them up carrying them over to the next season and everything is quite important now, when I started playing Bud Bowl, I was like, well, winning's the most important thing because, you know, you're, you're playing a competitive game. And if you come in from um, other tabletop war games and stuff, generally speaking, it, winning is the kind of the core objective, right? You know, you're playing, I mean, you might be playing with like some sort of theme or you might be playing like, um, what do they call them in the... You know, you might be picking up Lord of the Rings or something and playing Battle for Helm's Deep and you know the outcome and you're just playing playing it like that. But normally speaking, you'd, you'd be playing to win. But with a league game, it took me a long time to learn that winning wasn't necessarily everything. Now, that's because you're developing those players and sometimes it's more important to focus on that than necessarily taking the win, at least in my opinion. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of where the topic came from. And I think we seen saw a really good example of that with BT with your Skaven team who came out of the blocks in the last league and were like smacking everybody all over the place. But you significantly ran out of players very mm. quickly. Um, and you ended up with a pretty vanilla Skaven team about halfway through the league as everyone else was leveling up. Yeah, yeah, Greenskin Fields Orc team, like ruined them um <laughs> Jolly good curb stomping there. yeah yeah i know what you mean like i'd rather have lost the game and had all my players than one I, although i don't think i think i lost the game anyway <laughs> in that situation yeah i know what you mean milton um still i don't know if i want to keep rolling ones though so where does that come in <laughs> <laughs> well say so on the rolling ones thing i think there are there are times when you play and particularly when you play league when there are things that you can do and maybe rolling the one just stops you rolling dice and maybe it's self-control you really need as opposed to rolling a one but there are times when you you are working up the list of silly things to do and you're like well i'll just give the next one a go and the next one to go and before you know it your star blitz has tripped over fallen and he's got a, a an edge busted um injury and you're like well why did i do that so there are times when actually being forced to play shorter turns not do as much but get your team out doesn't hurt so i i, I saw it I, I i was a really interesting you know side sidebar that, that came up because that's that's how my uh, the start of my vampire team season went and i remember sitting down with my very first opponent and being like hey just so you know i'm gonna be making some strange plays 
that maybe not the best thing to do because I really want to just brew up this team as fast as possible. Um, and yeah, the rolling ones on purpose is more a case of like choosing to do things that are risky because uh, mm. you, you can't roll a one if, unless you actually roll the dice. And the classic example of this is farming SPP on quick passes. Uh, so I actually failed this and did I get give a defensive turnover? I think it might have just ground to a halt and I lost an offensive drive because of it. Um, because I was like, right, vampire thrower, I need to chuck the ball to this vampire so I get some SPP. And then, then the next turn I could drive up, but actually instead of a handoff, I'm going to take a quick pass. So instead of just a two plus catch, it's going to be a two plus throw, then a two plus catch just to try and build that SPP. And I think the ultimate example of this is something you very, very, very rarely see on the tabletop but I am incredibly guilty of doing this on the digital bit blood ball games of oh okay let's look at my players which one of these gutter runners needs a touchdown okay cool how can I maneuver these people around so that that gutter is the one getting the touchdown and basically like that the premise of this is when is it right and when is it okay to make suboptimal plays in the context of that game when you're looking at the risk paying off in the context of the season um and i mean trips you know we love the nfl and it's been really interesting to see some teams that have been like quite trash and just failed but then they kind of develop and learn things from failing um so there's kind of like a twofold thing here where you you make mistakes and you go ah oh, shouldn't have left him there because i got surfed that's a really basic one but you know we're talking about where do you choose that but like the packers are a great example of this where they beat the chiefs this week and i was looking at that game and i was like why have they put that on a, a sunday night football like that is just miserable and i wake up in the morning and, and jordan love decided that actually he'd finally got 12 sbp he took a double and now he can make passes and now they're, they're playing actual american football um so i guess i guess a good place to go with this would be like what what amount of games would you be willing to risk doing the suboptimal play and it is the suboptimal play is always about getting spp right yeah i think a lot of it depends on your league structure and mm. i mean if if you're having a, a very short league then you you haven't got the time to play around with it because you're not going to get into the top of the league or you're not going to get into the playoffs uh so you're getting through there is an interesting logic around uh playing for the next season and and gaining all the spps not really worrying about the results and keeping those spp redrafting and then applying them two minutes after the redraft yeah i think it will be interesting to play a league structure i mean this obviously goes to having the consistency to play leagues a lot but like if you had a league maybe like the two finalist final teams or something can't redraft into the next season. So like leagues can develop and carry on until they like win. Maybe not the two, maybe the winner. The winner has to stop. But maybe like maybe try it like that. Where you have a league winner and then they take they have to take a break to allow, allow other teams to develop. Um that might cause some things. Cause like when I was running that Skaven team, I wasn't making I mean I was making stupid plays just unintentionally, but um I wasn't like making unnecessary dice rolls on purpose and the, to think of, oh, this is SPP. I was just playing Skaven and I might do a vanity pass at the end, but otherwise I'm just scoring touchdowns and getting SPP from that. Um, 
uh, my focus was winning games because the league was six games. Uh, uh, had it been 12 games, probably those early games, I would have been taking really, really bold plays just for SPP. And also, I think it, I think it's really interesting. And again, I'm going to put the, the spotlight of the NFL on this. Um, there are 32 teams. Only one can actually win the Super Bowl. So you've got this kind of classic, like, you either win or your season was a waste. But that's that's not actually true. Like, because the way the NFL does it is you have a good season and you are a contender. And you feel like, yeah, the team is a contender. They could have won. And that is kind of like, yeah, good enough. Or you, your team is trash and they get good draft picks, which is a nice bit of, like, a catch-up mechanic that I think is really, 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 really good in the NFL. Uh, unless you're the Rams and just give it all away um when it comes to when it comes to to to, to blood bowl like you, you you there's only one person only one team is going to win the league and and it is really difficult to and it's really difficult to just luck out and not just like one game you know bail yourself out i mean i i had a wonderful time in my skaven in toy but until my, my dice were just trash and i was out in the semis and it was like okay um that was that was fun but having that continuity i think is what you just mentioned but it's like having the prospect of the next season be a reality makes mm. it worthwhile and I think you've got to have the club for that. But, I mean, Milton, you you know, you, you kind of started playing a lot of Blood Bowl 3. There's no redrafts in Blood Bowl 3. Now, is there, what's the, 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 the kind of dichotomy between the digital version and the tabletop version here when it comes to brewing up your teams? Do you find that on Blood Bowl 3, it, people will merrily make suboptimal plays to brew up SPPs because it's in that environment of... of ever living help me out here guys what's the phrase eternal thank you very much this is an eternal eternal format isn't it yeah um it's an interesting one because i do exactly what you said you do as well which is on the digital version i'm like oh well all of these orcs have block that one doesn't so i probably need to walk the ball in with him so i'm going to try and work that one out uh, just in order to get the SVP there. Um, I think a lot of people do that on the digital one. I don't know what the psychological aspect of that is. Um, maybe it's just because all the information is kind of like there on like a heads up display. You're not thinking about, you know, the, the, the turn times. The games go a lot quicker as well. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot more of that kind of thought i think goes through I, I see people lining up certain players or certain plays even fouling to a certain extent um with players that i don't necessarily see so much on the tabletop um and, and maybe that is because like your team's permanent but then the ladder structure is kind of weird i i, I somebody have to explain it to me because i'm not I'm not quite wrap my head around how the point system works because I have quite a few wins. I have a few losses. I have a, a reasonable amount of draws as well, but I feel like my team hasn't really progressed. But when I look at the ladder or whatever, if I, I can see like teams where they're just like, they're a fresh team. They've won like six games and they're like 600 places higher than my team, which is one more than does six it use, does it use like that same like ELO ranking where it's like being better people puts you higher? I, I guess it must system. I guess it must do. 
Um, I remember what it's called, the nappies as well. I can't, I can't remember. It's like a strength of schedule type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I, I haven't done enough research into it, and maybe someone can inform me on the Discord, which would be cool. Um, but yeah, I, like, so to a degree, but then you kind of you get to a point, and then I think what people do is they just sack their team off and just start again. And we've seen a lot of that, which of course you can't do in a league. So it, it changes oh, like you just be like oh well i'm three games in it's not going so great i'll just give it another go um i mean we've seen people do it but yeah yeah we've seen people do it but um yeah it's not it's not quite as common a thing um I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting question I, I think as the game evolves we'll see that change perhaps i think maybe as there's more teams they they've obviously like assessed that the ladder in particular is different obviously when we get the league tools we might might see more of a sort of similarity with the tabletop kind of um environment i am living for that in a thousand ways mm. um but yeah now talking about talking about this um this sort of losing intentionally so earlier in the discord swamp was asking a question about star players because in the rule book uh it says it says you know about um, purchasing star players if if in league if two people buy the same star player that basically cancels it out whereas in tournaments what we play is the sort of the doppelganger effect where you both run it we're talking about how that structures and he was kind of asking questions and you know they're perfectly uh, good questions because um it's kind of a strange thing. You're saying, well, why would you run it differently in league to uh, tournaments? Why wouldn't you just have the, the, the doppelganger effect? And we were kind of running through the fact that, well, realistically, the inducements in league are to try and balance the team out. One of the, one of the things that I kind of concluded from that is, and we've talked about this, in fact, I think you pointed out to me, Ben, it's like statistically, if your team value is lower than the others, you're more likely to lose right even with inducements like favors not on your side because most of their players are skilled up or they've got more skills than you do and therefore you're at a statistical advantage so even if you take an inducement it may not necessarily be helpful and one of the things i was saying to him um, was well in league is taking a star player always the right choice because you might take griff for example and he'd be great at scoring and everything and you'll win the game but you'll get no spp because griff's taken it all that's always been something we've talked about when looking at star players isn't that right trips we look at a star yeah. and we'll be like well he's gonna we'll help you win the game but you will be playing the next game with the same team yeah, the best best stars for league are, are the ones that enable you to give spp to someone else the best stars for an important game are the, the basically the mega stars who help you win a game. Be, the combat stars. It, it, and it, it, it does fall into that ream of going, actually, if you're several players down and you take a star on and your league team comes out of it and you go, well, I, I drew the game or I won the game, but my team didn't advance in any way at all, have you really benefited? No, you've you've not as far as I can see. And I was sort of saying, well, yeah, I mean, I, there are very few circumstances I think that I would want to take a star in league, unless it was like a semi-final or a final, and I thought it was really going to make that difference for that win. Um, but especially early on in development, if you're coming into a experienced league 
and there are experienced teams in there that have a significantly higher team value than you and you're running something fresh or you know even if you've just you know decided to bring in a new team or whatever i think that yeah you're often better off taking a wandering apo or kegs or or something like that and just focusing on keeping your guys alive skilling them up with a few of those passes if you can if not score a touchdown or get some casualties in or do you think the same about combat stars though because they don't usually take svp away from your team it's more like an apothecary in virtue of killing the opponents that are going to kill your players well, like you take bomber and he removes like their star blitzer bomber's Not actually star blitzer yeah, but, but if you take that... bomber's a real risk though isn't he because he could backfire yeah but you're uh, talking you're talking there like the apo is going to keep your players active and then it's going to increase the chance that they do something that gets some SPP that then levels them up. Well, yeah. a combat, I, I, you're right though, Ben. Like most of the time, a combat scar SR is the brilliant middle ground because you're like, cool. Now I've got a strength four hefty dude, a strength five mm -hmm. guy that I can put on the line. He's going to take all the damage, saving the rest of my team and also helping me exactly. win. But it's it, so I think I think they're kind of one and the same. I think the big issues are you know your, your hack flems, you know. But what Trips said, the support stars like oh, Trips. What was the what was the elf star that had like Aspen Thorn? <laughs> it was the ideal. The ball comes out of the out of the guy. He grabs the ball. He never has a problem picking it up. He throws it to any player who can catch it at any distance. And then he sits down, and, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the touchback machine. Um, yeah. I want him back in the game. He's in Blood Bowl 3, isn't he? He's in Blood Bowl 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really want him back on the tabletop. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I remember taking him to, I, I don't know, like a to one of the Birmingham tournaments with a, with like a, with a team because it, it was just brilliant. Like, sure hands, kick off, return, pass. And it was just like, yep, yeah, cool. I I always start with the ball. Um, an interesting one. and And that allowed your team to kind of continue to do stuff and to continue to kind of um to, to to develop and i think that the beautiful thing about league is your team developing and broadening up character um and this has always been my most interesting thought about the way halflings tend to be run in league now there are some halfling coaches that run their halfling team as a team but i think the correct way to run halflings and, and jump in here guys if i'm wrong is to run them uh, as a star player with two treemen and some and a bunch of counters. <laughs> best, yeah. And our best, best, please. Yeah. Best. Or do you mean most successful way to run halflings? Or do you mean because I mean, if we're talking star players in league, that's something I don't touch, just thematic wise. My team, I don't. It's not a star player team. Yeah, no, so if I was running halflings in league, I wouldn't. But yeah. Well, no, but would you? Would but but that's the interesting thing. Like that's what. I wouldn't either. Like I'd be like, "Hoo hoo!" I'm going to get hefty, and my hefty is going to get pass, and I'm going to yeah, have to pull the back, and I'm going to lose yeah. all the games. But my team is going to have identity, and I think that was what Milton was saying about just running win stars. Is and next week my team will be exactly the same, yeah. and I'll just play in the inducement space. And I think it's cool to have those options, but i don't know like it kind of it kind of feels like you've brought a tournament team to a league game yeah 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 um which is yeah it, it's a very difficult mesh isn't it and i'm not saying it's wrong I, I, uh, there was i can't remember who it was off the top of my head forgive me but uh someone said well they've seen it 
where people have used their um, treasury to buy bomber to stop bomber. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The counterpick strap. Yeah, that's silly rule anyway. Don't use that. And and I and this is where we come full circle. Maybe the lessons I've learned from my zombie dragon days, where I feel that's just like super <laughs> gamey, and I wouldn't want to do it. It's just like if somebody really feels like they're at a disadvantage and they've decided they're going to bring bomber, then bring bomber. It's fine. Like I don't want to like counterpick bomber just because you're bringing bomber. Um, but I, I, I kind of get why people might want to do it. Like if you're in a very like highly competitive league or whatever, and that's absolutely fine. But for my yeah, personal I just, experience, I wouldn't. Yeah, I just I, think for league commissioners, one of the first rules you should take out is that rule. I just don't yeah. think it's very feels good for anyone. No. It just causes bad moments on the table. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, what I was going to say as well with the star players is like the reason with league, like I, I, it'll be like if, imagine watching the NFL and then teams could induce other players from other teams and then a the team wins because they brought like Tom Brady or something. Oh, it's not really yeah. their team win, is it? Yeah. It's a Tom Brady win. And uh, that was really... uh, Super Bowl 2021, wasn't it? Trips? Yeah. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> where, where the Bucks oh, was that? bought yeah. Tom Brady and then they went and won the Super Bowl with him. <laughs> yeah. That is that is exact. I mean, they paid for it, although Baker Mayfield's doing all right this year. Uh, but no, you, you bang on. Like, it is weird. It is weird. Stars are weird, and we should probably talk about them at a different time. But it's, it's great to start looking at this. And I, I don't know whether it is because we've had this edition now for so long. We've, we've, the, the, the game is, is worn in now. Like, we've worn in the game. And it feels like the story might be just kind of coming back a bit like the thematic bit not saying the thematic bit was ever gone or anything but we kind of that thematic bit it's now seeping back in in ways where you've got i want to build my team up like yes i know the right thing to do is run hackflem but i i don't want to run hackflem i want to run an apo and a wizard instead because it means that i'm going to try and win with my snotlings doing snotling things or my halflings are going to just like actually i want to score with my catchers because that's wicked or i, I want to use my um comedian skink as a, as a as a as a thrower like because that's just wicked that's just something cool to do and it builds up that story but it was just it was just an interesting one because i i think in league you are perfectly within your rights to lose a game or two because you were taking a punt at taking the extra blocks to get the spp on your big guy to trying to farm off and go for that extra quick pass so that your other thrower is within a random MVP of scoring that skill that you know is going to make your team run better and feel better for you. Yeah. Or how many times have we seen in league when you, when you are, it's not going well and you are already thinking about the next game and you go, I'm not going to stand him up because if I stand him up, you will smack him again with the mighty blow troll slayer thing that is killing him so actually he is safer down and yes you could foul but they're, they're at that point it's like that's the lesser of two evils for that player oh yeah sort of okay, getting halfway halfway through yeah this is uh, this is quite an interesting one like getting halfway through a game or maybe a little bit more than halfway through a game and kind of looking at the situ assessing the situation and going i'm at quite a disadvantage here like the chances are I'm probably not going to win and then maybe like backing off and trying to make the most of it. I mean, I think for the longest time I basically went, 
well, I'm not going to win, so I'm just going to make this game really uncomfortable for the other person. Let's grind this one out. <laughs> See how many orcs you can get through now, buddy. Um, maybe not the best way to play it. Maybe I should have done less blocking with my orc thrower. Um, yeah, he had loads of head injuries. <laughs> he loads of head injuries. Too busy, like <laughs> not in headbutting people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, that's when the story is good. That's when the story gets real good. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking about the, um, the 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 ladder in BB three again, and if it is, um, if the points are stacked the way that you said then I guess ultimately if you come in with a fresh team against an experienced team and realistically if you want to progress in the ladder you need wins you take the star mm. and not the progression because unlike league there's not much point if you're not going to get the win because if you get a loss then you've not really progressed anywhere you don't have the points yeah i don't know how it stacks it, it's up it's tough but if you can take a loss to then secure two extra wins because you've mm -hmm. got sure hands yeah. on your on your beastman now like uh, that's that you know if you if right, okay i'm going to try this extra thing with my corn gore because i i've wanted to get sure hands because sure hands is just going to help me win in the future it's going to save me an extra turn on my offensive drives that's 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 the kind of balancing factor that i think it's really genuinely okay to consider um and and for me i just like to uh, declare it at the beginning of a game so my opponent doesn't look at me weird <laughs> like why are you what are you doing why are you playing keep away it's like because it's more important to me today to get pro on one of my vampires than it is to win this game because winning the game yeah, is going to get me an extra 10k well, actually, winning doesn't get you any money, does it? You just don't lose dedicated fans. Yeah, scoring now, so the, the, yeah. there is often that whole you try some, you try and score at the end, and you might might end up losing three one as opposed to it being two nil. But actually, three one's better for both players. Yeah, I definitely have pushed it for that before more than the SPP. Uh, that's that's, yeah, that's scavening though, as it should be. <laughs> as with castle actually. <laughs> Oh wow. wow! One nil, nah. Two one. Need the extra ten k. <laughs> need the extra cash. Yeah, I suppose chores are an interesting one because you need that money, don't you? Um, yeah, interesting thoughts, guys. Listening, it'd be really cool to have you weigh in on this one because um, suboptimal play in the short term for long term games is something that league gives us as an extra layer of something to think about, which is just. It's just awesome. It's mm. just really, really, really good. Um, right. Any more for any more on that one, guys? Or should we wrap up for the night? I'm happy to wrap up. It was a good chat. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much, guys. We'll be back soon with more bubble content. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to support the channel even further, please like and subscribe. It really does help us out. Or come join us on YouTube members or in Patreon, where you can get exclusive access to some content, some loot, early access to basically everything we do, as well as regular competitions. Or you can pick up some Bonehead Podcast loot either on our website at boneheadpodcast.com. We've got the Dungeon Bowl things. We've got tokens and stuff like that. Or on our Spreadshirt site as well. Everything you do just helps us make more content and hopefully do it of better quality. Anyway, thank you very much for watching. Happy blocking.